This podcast is sponsored by CDO Group, the industry leader providing a full range of construction and project management services. CDO Group has managed thousands of projects in all 50 states. Their group of experts provide systems, processes, and procedures to make sure that your projects turn over on time and on budget every single time. With over 24 years of experience, CDO Group is the industry's leader in construction management and general contracting services. To find them, go to cdogroup.com. Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. If you like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Hi, welcome to the Future of Development Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montategi, and today I'm joined by the innovative company of Hilti. Uh, Aiden McGuire and his group are showing off some of the coolest new technology. We've got robots on the show today. You're going to love it. Look forward to this welcome, uh, Aiden, to the show. I've been drilling holes for years, and, uh, you know, this is absolutely a game changer. It, gets, it takes a lot off my neck from looking overhead when I'm drilling. You know, the physical aspect of actually drilling holes overhead all day. We could get a lot more holes out of the J-Bot than uh, with one guy one day. With all the equipment involved, the drills and, and the safety issues with tying off and things like that. Aiden, welcome to the show. I'm excited about having you on the show. Uh, I get to talk about robots today, so uh, I'm really excited. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to come and talk about robots. It's a it's a subject I don't uh, I don't get bored of. So happy to happy to be here. You know, Hilti is always on the leading edge of new technology. You know, uh, you know the innovator in the construction world and what they're up to always blows me away. Uh, the tools and the designs and and the forward thinking company that it is. You know, it, it must be amazing to, re- to work for those folks. Oh, but Hilti are a, <clears throat> Hilti's a fantastic company to, to work for, right? We were, we have heavy European roots, right? We were founded in Shan Liechtenstein in, in 1941. Even though we're a big company, right? We've got 30,000 employees. We remain 100% family owned. And that culture really makes its way, you know, through the organization. So I've worked for Hilti for eight years and absolutely love it. And like you said, right, we're best known for our, fastening and demolition technologies but we do a lot of other really really cool stuff as well which is why it's so cool to come on here and talk about robotics right everything from our cordless tools to the digital design and support services we do uh, to our total stations right and now our semi-autonomous robotics we we really try to help our customers in two ways right look to make them more productive on job sites and look to make their workers safer and the products services and software that we come out with um, are redesigned with that mantra and that, and that goal in mind. You know, I was uh, just over at the Verizon store and I was talking to some young guys getting uh, getting a couple of iPads ready and I said, look, I'm getting ready to go talk to the guys from Hilti uh, and, and talk about robotics and they're like, so what, what are those coming out? What, when's that happen? Is that like a 10-year thing? I'm like, no, no, they're available now. They're on. They're, they're coming off the production line every single day. Uh, Hilti's uh, making them, they're now. And that's, I think that's what's really amazing is people keep thinking, well, robots are going to, these robotic things are happening, you know, 10 years from now, it's like some sort of future thinking, but you guys, these are coming off the, off the, off the, uh, assembly line every day. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's not, JBot's not a prototype, right? JBot is a fully commercialized, fully certified, semi-autonomous drilling robot for construction that's 
ready for contractors to to roll out. It's almost a case of the product is almost here before the before the, the before the industry is ready, right? Well, and, and, I mean, honestly, that's that's really what it is. I mean, the the now it's it's shifting our our you know making that little shift over to uh, our workflows that you know just we start noticing where the problems are. You know, I always say that, uh, uh, how do you figure out where the car, you know, how fast a car can go is, you know, you start to mash on the pedal and you don't know until a wheel falls off. And same thing with how do you build a system and our systems operate, you know, we don't, we, we don't know how to operate robots until we get them into the system. And now we start to notice some of the, some of the spots where, and, and it's not like a hard thing to switch, it's just thinking about it a little bit different than we did before. Exactly right. And, and JBot's really been designed with bulk of construction applications that we're trying to target in mind. So maybe wheeling back I'll tell you a little bit, you know, just talk a little bit about what talking a little bit about what JBot does, right? It's a semi-autonomous overhead drilling robot for mechanical, electrical, plumbing supports, or sometimes right for, for rigid ceilings. But essentially JBot locates drills and then marks anchor holes in the ceiling for anything that's gonna hang off the slab, you know, above those above those ceiling tiles. And when you talk about right how you know, the difference between like a custom robot and then something like JBot, which is a commercialized product, is JBot's designed, right, to meet the needs of the bulk of the commercial construction applications in, in North America. So ceiling heights between eight and a half and 16 and a half feet, uh, drilling diameters between three sixteenths of an inch and five eighths of an inch. And of course, JBot, the information that JBot needs is already created on maybe not the majority yet, but on a big number of projects in in North America when it comes to you know where the anchors have to go what coordination is there what level of design has been done in order to take advantage of the robot jbot's really been designed to take advantage of the work that's already been done for anyone who's considering or anyone's using a total station or doing any sort of uh, pre-construction vdc work all right there's a lot you put in that conversation there's a lot there. <laughs> I, I, I really want everybody to see it because i as you unpack that there is a lot of great stuff there so you know first of all, i really want to get into the bot itself and and you know notice that right look we roll this thing off and it it, it goes out and it will drill holes i mean the tedious job that that was for you know multiple different disciplines across the job site, right? Now you've got, you know, three or four, you've got a mechanical, electrical, a plumbing group, all having to take turns drilling holes uh, in, this, in, in the ceiling and getting up on ladders and drilling upwards all day long is a tedious, hurt. nobody on the job site wants to do that. It's it's not the, the fun job, it's difficult, it's messy, you got dust flying in your face the entire time. And now the bot has been able to uh, you know, uh, we lay those out. We'll talk about how that all gets uh, figured out uh, and we, as we look at how we program them. Uh, but it takes that, and at the same time, it not only drills, but it vacuums at the same time, right? And it can do this across, uh, you know, for an eight-hour shift at a time, right? Exactly, right. So you, you spelled out the health and safety challenge um, that JBot is really targeted to, to fix look at the the basic application that's taking away and the risks involved with that for workers on the job site there's immediate risk right you're going up and down ladders you're working at heights you have uh exposure to noise to dust to the hand arm vibration from the the tool vibration um and then you also have the impact that has on the worker right over their lifetime over their career in construction and the musculoskeletal uh, disorders and all the things, right? That can that you're at risk of when you do a lot of this overhead work day after day. Um, and JBot eliminates all of that, you know, dirty, dusty, not fun work to do. 
Um, but because it's a semi-autonomous robot, also allows your skilled worker to make the the infield decisions that they need to to really adapt the design on the fly. So you kind of have the best of both worlds. The robot does what it's good at, which is the dirty, dangerous jobs, and the tenured worker still gets to make the uh, or still gets to use their experience to adapt the design to infield conditions when they need to write because i mean you, you know it really well right the design never matches what, no. what the field conditions are out there so there's always some level of uh of as or of adjustment that needs to be done uh by our construction workers in the field and jbot enables that while taking away the the health and safety risks and it's a cordless system works for uh, you know more than an eight hour shift um which uh, that makes not, it a little bit easier to roll out. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's great. So let's let's just talk. So now the bot does it come with a trailer, or does it come? How, how does it come when when I buy it? When I buy the bot, how do I get it? So JBot comes in its own uh, shipping box. It's gray, completely non-branded. Funny backstory to it, right? We initially came out with these wonderful branded Hilti job boxes, <laughs> and the first contractors told us to take them back because they were such a big they were such a big theft risk, right? Yeah. So it comes in quite a quite a nondescript gray shipping container uh it's kind of like a hat it's not it's a it's like a seven foot by six foot box uh that box itself can be crane lifted so it's got lifting hooks so you can lift it actually onto the slab or onto the the working area you're you're working in it also has ramps so that you can you know you can park it up and drive jbot directly out of uh out of the box and it hacks jbot's secure storage and uh charging location when it's not in use Nice. So it's got this uh, shipping container that it comes on. And uh, I think that's funny. You know, I can't imagine someone stealing it. Like, where do you go to a pawn shop and go, hey, listen, I got this bot. I'm going to sell. You know, it may not be. You can imagine. Yeah. (laughs) You can imagine the surprise of the first person that broke into the box. And and it wasn't a bunch of heavy tools, right? It was was a robot. (laughs) Right. So look at it going, I got this bot for sale. So so now it rolls off, it it rolls out of the cart, uh, out of the container. And that's the charging station, and it's got uh, two tracks. And uh, as as it rolls off, uh, it's got a ramp that rolls off of it. And now you can move it around the job site, right? And it's got a, a way to move it. Now, who drives it? Is there a, the operator drives it around the job site? Yeah, the operator drives JBot um, from wherever it's being stored or being charged uh, into wherever wherever it's gonna it's gonna work. Uh, we've worked really hard to make JBot uh, maneuverable. Right in kind of even in like tenant improvement, tenant fit out conditions, uh, we've actually managed to make the wheelbase less than three feet wide, so it can fit through a standard finished nice. door. Nice. Uh, when it when it curls up, you know, when when it's in transport mode, when the arm is folded down, the the whole system is less than five and a half feet tall. So you can again fit it through doorways, fit it into elevators, and outside of the shipping container, the shipping box, JBot weighs eighteen hundred pounds, so you can put it in a standard a standard elevator as well. So really, really easy to maneuver JBot around the job site, get it to where you're working. Uh, we've done a lot of projects, right? Like hospital projects, we have to bring it in through the, <laughs> to bring it into the hospital lobby, put it in the elevator, and you're just kind of putting cardboard out in front of JBOT until you get it, until you get it into uh, in, into where the construction's happening. So once the operator drives, drives JBOT there, uh, their job's not, not done, right? So JBOT is semi-autonomous, which means that the operator drives JBOT, right? Around the slab from drilling location to drilling location. And once in location, JBOT autonomously drills all the holes that it can reach within a six foot diameter. So the operator is always in control of the uh, the base platform and the movements of the base platform, as well as has the ability to make these design changes or these design adaptions that we spoke about. Uh, but once JBOT's up and running and once they're happy with where JBOT's gonna drill the holes, JBOT autonomously drills everything it can reach 
tells the operator it's done and the operator moves it to the next drilling location. Nice. So now the the operator that's operating this, you know, uh, gets trained to do, to do this. And, and typically it's going to be the same person that was drilling the hole before, but now now they're stepping back and they're thinking through this logic, right? And as you're, you know, as we're looking at uh, moving this around, does it come with its own, uh, uh, key, you know, is there a controller or remote control? What does it come with that drives it? Yeah, so JBot has two controllers. It's got a, um, a standard tablet, which actually is the same tablet we use for our total stations, our total station controller, and it has a, a, a yellow controller, a, a base controller for driving the base unit around and for moving the, the lifting arm up and down. And they snap together, so it's quite, quite a comfortable assembly for the, the operator to hold. So with the base controller, they drive JBot around the job. It's got really simple. It's got you know forward, backwards. Each track works independently. Um, and then a switch to to move the to move the lifting column up and down. And then within the tablet, that's where you have the the kind of smarts, the application software, which guides the operator through um, getting JBot started. This is where they have access to the JBot cloud, where the drilling information is stored, um, and that's where they can make these design changes that they need to um, as they're moving throughout the job. Oh, great. So so now it's got this small footprint that it operates. The operator can move it around just, just about anywhere that it needs to go. Uh, the tracks make it easy to operate. Now, uh, it's it's range. So you said uh, from uh, the tallest it can go is is how far? Eight and a half feet is the, the lowest to about 16 and a half feet. You don't see a lot um, under eight and a half feet. And really at that point, yeah. it's, uh, you know, you'd have to be quite a specialist project to want to do it that low, right? Because you don't even have to be up a ladder to, to drill that. Um, so normally the project ranges we look at are between about 10 to 15 feet is where we end up working with a maximum reach of 16 and a half. Great. Right. So that gives it a, a pretty great, I mean, 16 feet up there. That's a, that's a decent reach. And uh, now yeah. we've, we've got it in place. Now let's go back and figure out how do you, how do I program this? How, how do I know where they're at? How does, you know, so am I working with the total station? You know, the, uh, you know, the, on another episode, we'll talk about the total station, which is also an amazing tool. Uh, right. So talk to me, how does it know where it's at and how do I start understanding where the, you know, how does the bot know where the, where, where it's drilling? The JBot system takes advantage of the existing technology really that's that's out there. So from you know where the holes are planned, where does JBot get the information? That comes directly from the digital model, the digital coordination for the project. So you know, through your standard MEP coordination project, your MEP subcontractors run clash, they figure out where they want their runs to go, they plan where their hangers are gonna go. And JBot just takes the points from those hangers. Um, you then add in what diameter you need to drill, what depth you need to drill to and what marking pattern you want JBot to spray on the slab once it's finished drilling those holes. And that all comes in just a really simple CSV format, right? So simple as you, sim simplest digital data you can get. And that's then uploaded um, in the office. So on a through a computer or in the field if you want to, but it can be uploaded by directly by the coordinator or the VDC department or the project manager into the project cloud. Now the, the operator sees when they're in the field is they pull up their tablet, they log in as the operator, they've been added to the project just with a, an email address and they see that uh, information live as it's been inputted by the uh, project team or by the by the design team and the design team also get feedback directly from the tablet as jbot's drilling they get production information they get this plan versus drilled location right so where where are the holes exactly been drilled what's the quality of install as they hitting rebar so they also get all this cool feedback uh, in the office from the robot as it's working in the in the field as well. So the operator gets this top-down view of here's my um, here's my slab, here's where all my different holes are are going to be drilled, um, and 
he then sets up the total station. So you take our total station out, turn it on. Um, with a, when you have a kind of a robust uh, slab setup or control setup, the total station will even station itself just based on a couple of targets. You can also go as an operator and just station over grid lines or over control points, whatever whatever you normally use on a on a project. Um, once that total station has been stationed, uh, it looks at JBot, connects to the prism, and then the total station locates JBot on that job. So what the operator sees is their map of all their holes with a top-down view of here's where the robot is, here's where the total station is, and this circle shows me how many holes I can drill within this current setup. And from that point, as they drive around the job, it tracks the robot, they can see exactly where they're moving versus where the, the holes are planned. And they also have this background, um, uh, the, the, they can have a background um, like DWG as well. So they can see if there's you know walls, if there's beams, structural elements, uh, even the pipe runs themselves, they have that information just that they can view on the tablet as well if they, if they want to. So the operator in the field has pretty much the same information as a total station operator, uh, except for the fact that they also see where the robot is. Um, as it's driving around, or as they're maneuvering it around the job. So, I mean, for those that, are, that aren't familiar with the total station, I think this is the piece that uh, uh, really sets the job site up for success, right? It it positions and it gives the coordinates for where everything's at. So, the total station, right, kind of is the is the you know is the communicator of of where I am, right? That's kind of the, the purpose of the total station. Exactly. The total station provides the accuracy for the installation and it provides the, I guess, localization, you could call it, for, for really tracking where the where the uh, where the robot is. For those of you who are for, for anyone who's not familiar with the total station, total stations generally track a prism or a reflector in the field. So if you're using a total station, you have a prism that you walk around and you kind of see where the prism's moving on that job versus you know, versus your your map on your on your tablet. Uh, JBot has a prism just like that. So it's almost like a, a prism pole that drills and sprays as well. So it's a, it's a really similar setup from an operator perspective to what they see with the total station. And the preparation required to use JBot effectively on the job is also the same as what you need to do for a total station, right? So that really helps contractors adopt the technology. They don't need to make massive adjustments to their design to field processes, to the amount of digital, you know, to the amount of digital preparation that their BIM teams or VDC teams have to do. And even in field, construction managers or general contractors don't need to provide anything above and beyond what they would for a project that plan to utilize total stations. So it's really it really builds off the technology that's already been used on projects today. Well, I mean, that's really what's amazing is that now, uh, you know, all the, arch I mean, everybody now is in, in, in some sort of a uh, AutoCAD or Revit model, uh, you know, and, and now they upload that model to the cloud and now the operator can pull that down in the field, uh, it, you know, that's in JBot now using the total station uh, can locate itself to, to get to those coordinates. And as it goes down, it just keeps uh, uh, relating back to the uh, total station to get its, its positioning for it, right? Exactly, exactly. As JBot moves around the job, the total station tracks that prism and updates the position of the robot live as it as it drives around. Nah, it's, it, look, you can you can feel how. I mean, the first time I saw this Rizbot, Eric was running in the office like, "You got to see this," and you can really feel how this is. You guys have really taken a huge leap into the world of robots, right? It, it's a dramatic difference. Uh, you know, th this is not in theory. This is actually happening now. It's rolling off the production line. We are today, robots are in the field and able to do this. Now, give me an idea. How many, how many, uh, uh, how many holes can it drill in an average day? Is there, is there a, is it a hundred, 500, 5,000? 
So it's very, very dependent on project conditions, but I'll kind of give some, I'll give some, some boundary conditions, some, some guidelines. The, the first, actually the first thing we found out when we started to talk to customers about robotic drilling was contract, a lot of contractors weren't aware of how many holes their teams were actually drilling right now, right? Using traditional methods. So we actually spent a lot of time trying to define what normal productivity looks like in order to understand how good the robot sure. needed to be sure. or, or was. So what, what we found out was that generally the installation process um, happens with a team of two workers. If they're using fully traditional methods, right? Pulling a tape off a column line or off a, off a chalk line on the floor, um, you'll have one worker laying out um, either on the floor or the ceiling. If they're laying out on the floor, they'll then use a, a dot box or a, a beam laser to, to transfer that point from the ceiling up from the floor up to the ceiling. Then they'll go up the ladder and, and drill their hole. And the productivity was astounding, right? The, in terms of what they were achieving, they're only achieving uh, like 50 to 70 holes laid out and drilled in a, in a given day with a, a team of two workers, right? Which is, you know, it's, and that was pretty standard across a whole bunch of different contractors. Of course, there's ways to make that faster, right? You add a total station to the process and you can speed that up a little bit. But to give you an idea, that's kind of where standard productivity is for this application um, as it stands right now. Now with JBOD, there are a lot of factors to consider, right? So how ready the job site is, um, what the line of sight looks like, how much material is loaded on the slab. But if you have a, a project set up optimally for the robot, if you have JBOD drilling the holes for multiple trades, um, overhead, we've seen productivity rates of 500 to 700 holes uh, in an eight-hour shift with a single worker. Wow. So you get this 10 times increase in the in the drill that can be done. Yes, you have to do a little bit of work to adjust yeah. your schedule. Yeah. You have to do a little bit of work in preparation to put all the trades, you know, all that drilling together. Um, but once you do it, the payoff is immediate in terms of how many, you know, how much of your market reach or how much of your um, human capital you're going to put out to do the task. Um, and then also uh, how quickly you can actually get that work done and move on to move on to something else. Well, I mean, that, I think that's something that's really big to think about, right? Uh, as you start to look at how do you set the job site up, right? Because my guess is that JBot does it, if it's drilling up for one trade, it's drilling for all trades. And uh, starting to look at, you know, how do you get each trade to use a similar drill hole i mean does jbot go up and then, then when it comes down it, cha it changes drill bits or am i try am I, is my goal to try to work with the engineers ahead of time to identify one 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 size that will work for all so jbot um doesn't automatically change the drill but i change the drill bit is is a manual process but it's it's really fast so it's it's a chin off the shelf sds hilti drill that's at the top so changing a drill bit in JBot is almost as fast as changing a drill bit in your in your drill uh, wait, by wait, hand. Wait, hold on, but do, do I have no. to go find my chuck? I mean, the, the hardest part about changing a drill bit for me is finding my chuck. Yeah. I can never find it. <laughs> I don't know where that chuck goes, but it, it's with socks yeah. and some sort of corner yeah. of the universe that gets, all right, I'm, I'm sorry. I know that's funny, but. We, 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 include, we, we actually include a spare chuck just for that reason uh, and a spare uh, drill, uh, just, uh, just in case. I'm <laughs> telling you, that is the number one yeah. problem with changing chucks anywhere on a job site. It's finding, yeah. uh, changing a drill, but it's my, finding my chuck. But I mean, to, to answer your question, the anchors, that's really where the, I guess, the entire portfolio of the products comes into play and some of the other services we, we provide, right? We're really well known for our anchors and our uh, fastening products. So a lot of times we'll work with contractors to figure out standard one or two anchors that can be used for uh, for all the trades. And that's important, right? With our the modern oh, yeah. MEP anchors are often are often like multi-threads. So, you know, you can have for one for one anchor, you can have a, you know, a five eighths and a three eighths or something like that. Right. So we can work. We work with contractors to 
limit the number of anchors that they the anchor types that are going to be used across the trades, and that increases the increases the productivity in the end on on the job site. So it's something that we we help our contractors with. A lot of contractors will go and will go and kind of have already got there and standardize it themselves um, as well. Well, and, and then Hilti does that, right? You you guys help. Mm-hmm the engineers design that whole package, yeah. right? I, I saw that yeah. on your website. Yeah. You got we have field engineers who come out and yeah, and, and help out with, with all of that. I, I got it. So there, there was a whole um, module support design team that I saw. I mean, it, you've got a, I mean, that, that to me looks pretty interesting, right? Being able to get that whole modular set up uh, to look at for not just the how we, the hangers that we're using and then the type of racking system that we can use so that, you know, we can put multiple disciplines into one racking system uh, pretty efficiently. Yeah, exactly. That's that's one of the coolest developments we've seen with, with JBot because, right, the, the industry has been trying to get to multi-trade racking supports for quite a long time. I talked to a lot of mechanical contractors and they're like, look, I build multi-trade racking on every project. I've done it once, <laughs> right? Like it, it very, even, even though they bid it, it, it very rarely happens. Right. Uh, and the problem they're trying to solve is the same. It's how do you get everyone, all of the sub-trades designs together with enough time to have it planned before everyone has to go out and do the job so that you're not just rushing to do the work, but you, you know, you have this lead time to do this design work beforehand. And that's also, you know, what JBot needs in order to put all that drilling together is this planning and this upfront coordination. And what we found is that they're really going together hand in hand. So you can get a project, right? Which could have five or six different sub-trades. They then start talking about using JBot or vice versa. They start talking about using multi-trade racking. Um, they come in, they put their designs together. They go from, for example, 30,000 holes that they'd have to drill down to 10,000 holes by optimizing and putting multi-trade racking right in the in their in their main runs. Um, they can then do a lot more prefabrication, which makes them a lot more efficient when they actually get to the job site. And then they go and do drilling in a single step with JBot. And you suddenly have this, you know, all these kind of blocks falling into place where you look at the savings across applying all of those kind of design optimizations, different methods of installation, and it really starts to make a difference for these groups of sub-trades and these project teams on uh, on projects. Well, I think that's what, there's where the changes have, have happened, right? A lot of this innovation, as we go through it, it just, it you know, uh, every brand, every group I talk to that, that makes these big leaps in innovation, it's not that we can't get it done. It just takes a little bit of thinking, right? Most of these things are available to us right now, but just because of, of well, we'll figure it out later. Oh, we'll do it. We, and it just kind of, hey, we got it this way. Uh, we'll, we'll do it this way. And what we end up finding out is we keep doing what we've been doing. We keep getting what we've been getting. And, and that same uh, process is time-consuming, very expensive, low profitability. You know, what, what ends up hurting is everybody, right? The entire job site yeah. suffers. Every every sub on there, the contractor suffers, the 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 trades suffer, the tradesmen suffer, and then the ultimately the client suffers. And when we look at that, we go, all right, we can think about this in a much smarter way. We get way more efficient at doing the designs that we put together, and then long term the long-term effects of developing systems that are, that are, you know, set up this way, that are modular and, and, and multi-rack systems, they're a lot easier to adapt later on as we look at, you know, changing out a facility or changing out a, uh, a floor plan or changing out, you know, changing a floor to a different tenant. Uh, you know, having similar type modular setups make it, uh, make it very interesting to, to, to be able to do that. Absolutely. And that's why robots on jobs are so cool, right? Because you get that, you don't just get the ability to take the digital design, 
put it in the robot and have it execute whatever it's doing, whether it's laying out or drilling or whatever, have it executed on the job. You also get the feedback back into the digital twin or back into the model of here's exactly what I did. And you can start to compare it and you can start to update it. And just that richness of information that you get back from the field immediately goes up as well with not a heavy amount, you know, not like huge effort to get it right. The robot just automatically updates what it's doing. So that two-way information flow is is really really exciting. I, I, I hear it, and that's I think that's something we don't want to rush over because I, I, we can we could jump over that. The it, this is actual. This is not just uh, some red line that someone did at the end of the job, just trying to trying to satisfy a, a checkbox. This is actual where things are at uh, down to. You know, down to, I mean, this, this, how accurate is are those uh, those that that communication? I mean, it's it updates as regularly as you want to. We think we set it for like every fifteen minutes to update progress. Uh, you can do it more or, or less if you want to. Um, and what's cool is that the feedback we get from contractors on how they use the information, right? Some some contractors love the fact that they know exactly how much work has been done because they can then plan how many teams they need to come in afterwards to actually install stuff. So they can say, well, you know, he's only done. 50% of the, you know, floor six. So I'm actually going to move a couple of guys and have them do something else for a while. So no, you know, they're kind of limiting the stand time and optimizing the, um, optimizing the utilization of their, of their uh, workers on, on a project. And then you get contractors who really like to compare where it was actually drilled versus where it was meant to be drilled, right? So this as built versus as designed, where exactly, <clears throat> where exactly did it go? Um, and then some contractors are really into the kind of quality, you know, monitoring the quality of the install. Because JBoot also gives feedback on if holes were failed or if holes were if someone had hit rebar or anything like that, right? So there's actionable information coming out of the robot to help the job run more effectively um, and to help contractors plan their work better live as they're as they're going through the job and then also get this design information back. And I, I think that's what's so amazing, right? Where we're going, right? What we're what we're seeing. This is what's what, what's fascinating about the technology jump that you guys are doing, right? We can't imagine what we're going to get out of where it's going, right? So you guys have developed, you know, these new softwares, these new technologies, these new hardwares for the field. And now the information that we get out of it is is creating, you know, uh, things that we did not predict when you guys invented the, the bot, right? When you make the bot, you're like, hey, look, it's going to drill holes, right? But now what comes yeah. out of the backside of it is it's got productivity. It's got red line drawings. It's got actual dimensions, you know, something that, 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 will live, you know, when we talk about creating a digital twin of a project, right? When we really look at what's going to happen in metaverse and the future of these buildings, we today are, are charged with really developing a very accurate, I mean, down to every specification accuracy of a digital twin, right? In order for that metaverse to where we're going in the future, what's what's happening, what's coming down the pipeline from my seat, all these new cool technologies that are being applied to construction like never before, the, the, mo the accuracy of data, what the building actually has and where it actually is, is going to impact uh, the future in, in ways that we still can't even start to imagine from where we stand here. And I think that to me is something that's, like you said, we didn't, it's stuff that we didn't expect to come out of it. I think this is going to continue to happen in the way that we develop uh, these, these systems, you know? 
I'm, I'm laughing here because, you know, I haven't, I haven't worked in product management now for four years or more. Uh, no one is better than our contractors for using products for stuff other than what they've been immediately designed for, right? Like no one, no one hacks technology better than a contractor out in the field who figures right, out right, right. a new way to get something out of something or a new way to use the information, right? Like that's, that's not what we had in mind, but that's cool. Right? Like, yes, let's build into the next version. Let's make that a bit easier going forward. Right. You know, I, I, I already imagined having this thing at, uh, you know, at, at a party and, and serving drinks. So look, I'm yeah. going to figure out how to get this in the, you know, uh, you know, get my kid to vacuum his, their bedrooms or something. But, uh, uh, you know, so uh, that that's what's fun about uh, these these new horizons that Hilti's going down, right? The uh, And that, hey, by the way, that's got to be a lot of fun. So all the places that, uh, uh, so you're now in Dallas, right? You're down in, uh, down in Texas? Yeah. It sounds like you were born there, right? It sounds like you've got that Texas. Oh, yeah. yeah. Native, Tex Native Texan born and bred. Actually, I heard it. So I heard a great <laughs> a great saying from the guy that sold me my last car. We were talking about, you know, oh, where are you from? It's just stuff. And I was like, you know, obviously I'm, I'm Irish, right? You can tell by my accent. Um, but I said, oh, but you, you know, you must be here from Texas. Like, no, I'm not Texan, but I got here as fast as I can. And I kind of feel the same way. I thought it was a lovely, That's a a lovely way one. to describe the no, state and the, the feeling of the people in the state. No, yeah. the people in Texas <laughs> love Texas, especially Dallas. Yeah. It's a great town. And uh, there's a lot of great stuff that's happening there. I, I We've got an office down there. And I, I love going down there and the bigness of it and all the stuff that's happening. And, you know, Hilti being in the center of that really is, you know, the innovative company that they are and the products they're developing to be in the epicenter of the country and uh, uh, watching uh, that, that go out there. You know, uh, you were telling me about uh, the innovation center that you've got. Uh, you know, give me some more uh, feedback on that one. I want to, I want to know, get our, our audience to hear more about that. Yeah, so we, we have a couple of different facilities in, um, in Dallas. One of those is what we call our customer experience center. Um, and because Hilti covers such a broad range of applications, everything from, you know, design support services to tools to fastening and protection to fire stop products, we built a, a customer experience center here in, it's actually in Irving, but here in Dallas, uh, that we bring contractors into so they can see how, um, not just the full scope of our products, but they can really see how they can fit into a project ecosystem, right? Everything from how they can consider using our products during their design phase to make their field teams more effective down the line to you know how all of our tools can stick together particularly now we, we just launched a new cordis platform that has a lot of uh, smart iot cloud connected features so how they can get more information out of their tools and they can see the whole ecosystem all together and it's also coupled with a um, anchor testing and fire stop a fire stop testing facility uh, specifically for the North American market. So we do a lot of custom testing here for our anchor products and for Firestar products specifically for the market here. And it was important that even though Hilti is a European company, we have that capabilities here because of the, the North American conditions um, being a little bit different. It's a really cool experience. Contractors come in, they can see what the seismic test center looks like. They can see what a, a Firestar burn lab looks like. And they can also see all of our products um, and how they can you know, interact as part of an ecosystem and how they all fit together. Well, well, being that you're on the podcast, right? I, I, I get to go play. I, I, I get it like an invite. I, can I? A hundred percent, Anthony. Uh, I, 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 Next time you're in Dallas, I'm, look I'm me up. I'll hook you up. I'm down there in yeah. a couple of weeks. I'm looking. Yeah, look, I yeah. love playing with. I love. Ask anybody on this spot. I love toys. I love new products. I love innovation. As we, uh, as we go, because you know, what's fun about uh, the construction industry right now is. The all these great technologies that have grown in other markets and other playgrounds, uh, now you know from manufacturing, from the healthcare divisions, from from all these other areas of the world, the financial markets, 
all of that technology is now coming into play in our playground. And you can really start to see how uh, companies like Hilti who are innovating, uh, you know, look, you're first to market with creating these bots and getting them out there. Uh, this is really, uh, you know, frontline, leading edge of, of where we're going. And, and that to me is it's so exciting to be in construction at this time and, and especially for young young people right as we as I, I, I mean, for me it's such an exciting time to be in this career if you want to be anything uh, you know if, if you are uh, you, you want to do technology great construction's the right place to be if you want to you know no matter what you want to do applying it to construction uh, material sciences constructions there right all, all of the uh, uh, great stuff that's happening here it, it it's an exciting time to be here no, I mean, not, not more than ever, construction is is changing, right? People coming out of school, they're changing the way they look at construction based on some of the new technologies that they that they see, right? They see robots on construction sites. They see people using drones. They see augmented reality, mixed reality. And it changes this perception that, you know, you're swinging a hammer and you're, you know, it's a, it's, it's a fun industry for people who are kind of hard conditioned to use these technologies through school, it's seen as a really cool pathway, right? To start to use this tech and the level of technology that's that's being applied is, is going up and up and up. So no, now more than ever, construction is is super exciting. I know for me, it's been a, even when I, you know, I've been working for Hilti now for, for eight years, I was a mechanical engineer. Before that, I studied, you know, turbo machinery design. I thought I was gonna be working airplanes. Um, and Hilti like, no, maybe not. Here's a van full of tools, go, go learn construction. But it's been so cool to see that evolution, right, from where construction was and just how fast the adoption of technology is is happening. As people with these kind of more, uh, as more, I guess, technology open people particularly join the industry, right, they look for look for ways to apply some of the stuff they've used either in other industries or some of the technologies they've used in school onto a construction site. And it's only going to get it's only going to get more exciting. Well, and I, I got to tell you, I'm excited. I love this. I know our audience is, and, and I, audience members, we're going to put uh, a lot of uh, links down below the video. You, you've got to see the video of it. Uh, we'll have all that linked down below. So if you're if you're listening in, please take a second, go look at the links. Uh, make sure you have any comments, anything more you want to find out about, uh, you know, find out about about, about the JBot. Uh, do that now. And uh, and if they want to get a hold of you and and go out and test drive. Uh, one of these themselves. Uh, how do they how do they get a hold of your group? Yeah, a couple of easy ways to do it. I'm always open personally. I am always open to feedback, and I love hearing directly from from contractors. So, uh, I would encourage anyone who cares to reach out to me directly. You can get me on LinkedIn. Also, my email is is pretty simple. It's aiden.mcguire at hilti.com. So, anyone with ideas or is really interested in in what JBot does, please feel free to reach out to me directly. Um, if you want to find out more background information, if you're keen on getting JBot into your project and you just want to get in contact with one of our local teams, you can go to our website, www.hilti.com um, backslash JBot. And you'll, on our landing page, we have a quick form you can fill out. And one of our, one of our team will be in touch. And because Hilti, right, we, we go direct to customers. We have specialists for digital construction, specialists for uh, managing your account, specialist field engineers um, all across North America and Canada. So you'll, you'll be contacted by someone in your, in your backyard, not, uh, not just me in Plano. Any of those methods are are open. By the way, audience, as you guys adopt this, uh, getting bots in, in, on your uh, projects, I want to see it, right? So if you can, make sure uh, you link back to me. I want to get those on and highlight those uh, on the show and really highlight what you're doing uh, with the JBot out there. I want to uh, see that and maybe do a live demo from the job site with you uh, on the projects that you're working on. It, it's amazing. Uh, Aiden, your group is uh, Hilti. Again, bravo for uh, the advances that you're doing. 
Uh, I'm excited about that. Audience members, if you uh, if you liked hearing about this product and and you have questions or or feedback, please just do me a favor and uh, hit the hit the, you know, leave a comment down below and hit the like button and subscribe for us. Uh, it gives us good feedback to know that we're hitting the right uh, uh, products and that are exciting you. If and if you have any product ideas, uh, let us know that too. We we want to highlight those and uh, I loved getting into it and finding out more about them. So I am excited and uh, Aiden, thanks for being on the show. I'm I'm going to take you up on be down in. Uh, uh, Dallas here in a couple of weeks and uh, I want to go play in your your innovation center and check that stuff out. Awesome. I'll be excited to have you and I had a, I had a super time on here today. So thanks for having me on. Thanks, bro. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montategi. Always looking for people to bring insight into the industry. Finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share with your friends.